Hello, welcome back to IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping Around. This is Jim Vavita, Stax, joined once again by Miss Chris, Mr. Chris, Miss. <laughs> Miss Chris Carl, Mr. Christopher Carl. Well, hello. <laughs> hello, boys and girls. Um, well, we have a lot to talk about this week. We do. Um, Lots of news. A lot of news. I mean, we don't have to dive into everything in depth, but there's at least stuff we want to mention. However, we would be remiss if we didn't start, as always, with... Last weekend's box the office. Box office. Thanks to everyone who actually attended the John Carter screenings. That yes, were thank you, world. folks. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We we pretty much actually, Chris, you pretty much nailed it. You called Lorex at thirty-eight. It did indeed make thirty-eight point eight million. John Carter uh, made thirty point two million. You had it at thirty-two. I had it at twenty-four. So um, you know, let, let's. Let's just, uh, you know, hash it out here. Everyone's, you know, was it the marketing? Was it this? Was it that? Now, the movie actually did pretty good overseas. It's made about $71 million, uh, in its opening weekend, the strongest in Asia and Russia. Did kind of so-so in Europe. Um, do you think this could be another thing like a Prince of Persia or, or Tron where it ends up making money and making it overseas, but domestically it, it will always be looked at as a, a, a yes. failure. I do think it's going to make more money overseas. And, you know, like I, I think it's going to continue to be a blockbuster overseas for a couple of weeks. Um, whereas here, I, I think it might hold strong. It's an interesting debate that we'll have yeah. at the end of the podcast. It might hold strong, but We'll we'll see. There's yeah. some real negativity swirling I mean, around the it. The thing is, it, it's it's so tough to get the message out that people actually like the movie because I feel like you know, for the most part, and I blame the the media for a lot of of this. They, they've turned um, to go weekend weekend box office into essentially uh, a sporting event where you know people get on the bandwagon for the team that's winning. And John Carter is not that bandwagon. And yeah. I, I don't feel like um, people are going to be – the people who are undecided are going to be curious to go see it. Yeah, I don't I don't have a sense of, like, how it was marketed, you know, throughout the whole nation. You know, like, I only yeah. – we, we can only see how it was marketed in L.A. And, you know, and, and, and you know, a lot of friends the, the and so forth. could see the posters and stuff and see that it wasn't really I, – I just feel like, you know, it keeps no coming – wow factor to it. It keeps coming know? back to the name. And I feel like the the spots yeah. leading up to it were getting better and better. Yeah. Um, kind of more and more about what the movie actually was like. But, you know, I just feel like it didn't have that initial grab. Yeah. And it didn't get into the, like, consciousness consciousness of the nation. And, as, and then there were also a lot of people vocally against it. Yeah. You know, which I think kind of snowballs and people are like, oh, you know, that movie yeah. sucks. I'm not going to see it. Da-da-da. So. Yeah. I mean, it... Uh, if somebody had told me two years ago that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter would have a better kind of um, make a bigger splash and get more people excited than John Carter, I probably wouldn't have believed them. How about this? Project X is out earning John Carter. Yeah, it made eleven point one million for third place, and then uh, Eddie Murphy uh, sixth place debut for a thousand words with 6.2 million <laughs> silent house right before that with 6.7 million. So we both overestimated silent house. Yeah. Now, Eddie Murphy, I swear, um, they only release his movies now. So 
entertainment reporters can just rehash their whole Eddie Murphy's career is dead uh, <laughs> story that they run and they just switch out the movie title. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I, I, I'm so sick of hearing like Eddie Murphy's done. No, he's not. He keeps making these crap movies, even if they don't make money. Yeah. I, I mean, he just he, that, that's Somebody what he sees does. Them. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm I'm assuming they do okay on video and, and yeah. you know on cable and stuff. Yeah, uh, somebody yeah, keeps hiring. I'm sad about. I have to say, I'm sad about John Carter not opening higher. I, I, yeah, I don't. It's not like it, it's it's weird because sometimes when I really like something, I take it almost personally when it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> when it doesn't yeah. do well, like, like I'm what like, do you mean you don't like what I like? That's yeah, it. well, I mean, I think that's that's definitely like a, a mark of a fanboy, you know. And I, I would put myself in that camp, but I, it 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 kind of always bothers me when. When uh, something like that severely underperforms, because I'm like, guys, it it's, doesn't it's way better, way well, better. It's kind of like that. we, we, you know, the fanboy uh, community and the fanboy press go through this a lot. With Scott Pilgrim is mm-hmm. another one. Um, you know, Kickass initially, the buzz was that it, it wasn't all that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it didn't. You know, wasn't all that commercially, and it ended up, you know, making ends meet in the long run. And I, and you know. Uh, also, even like you know, Tron Legacy, a lot right. of hype going up for that. Um, that movie wasn't as good as John Carter's, you know, bottom straight up. It just yeah. wasn't. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, I feel like we were kind of later to the game converts on John Carter. I mean, we we definitely had a lot of opinions that were skewed, kind of negative or middling uh, along. And then the more I saw from it, and and uh, sort of the, the the more I was exposed to the movie, the more excited I became, and. Uh, then when I saw more of Woola, I was sold. Woola to me Good is old Woola. Woola, Woola is the he's the he's the show stopper in that one. I think you know a lot of a lot of elements of that movie were good. You know, I think the the battle in the middle of it was pretty yeah. awesome. The White Ape battle was awesome. I liked Lou um, Collins in it. I thought you know, yeah, I thought it she could was good. have been a very forgettable, thankless kind of female character, and she she you know made her seem stronger and and more present than i think other actors could have the cg was really well integrated yeah i, I mean like. i thought the the tharks were pulled off great for look for uh, eight foot tall four armed green guys they look pretty good pretty believable yeah ultimately i gotta yeah. say and i liked uh willem dafoe's performance yeah and i like thomas uh hidden church too is the the, the kind of asshole thark <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah. That's holiest of Mars. <laughs> Cornholio. Cornholio. Um, now, uh, do we have any reader emails on John Carter? Um, you know, I'm going to read this one from Jason Pakovich. Um, first off, Jason Pakovich, he calls me out. How do you know it's not Pakovich? It might be Pakovich, but I think it's Pakovich. Anyway, he calls me out. The subject line of the email is, got to call Mr. Carl out. <laughs> so here, here, here's his, here's him taking me to task. Hi, Chris. And in parentheses and stacks, you don't, <laughs> you, you don't rate. I, I'm not being taken to task though. So. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Great podcast again from Friday. Thank you, Jason. Just got done listening to it, but the thought occurred to me and the inquiring minds want to know, Chris works for generally a genre based movie <laughs> site. And so how on earth doesn't he go see Ghost Rider 2 and Chronicle yet? One would think that you'd need to see movies like that when it, when it, uh, opens to be able to talk about them on the podcast don't tell me you're so busy you can't go for a morning matinee for a couple of hours <laughs> well jason i am that busy <laughs> i'm sorry to say it um well here's the thing jason pretty and, and everybody you probably don't know this about me um well, he fled from ghost rider too I, <laughs> you, you can't really hold that one i fled him. screaming <laughs> no um 
I actually run all the entertainment uh, content on IGN, so I'm not just primarily movies. Uh, that's Mr. Stax's job. He he handles all the movies coverage. So and, and um, Chris also, I mean, just to carve out an hour to do a podcast is asking a lot. Generally, the podcast can only kind of happen on your schedule. I mean, I'm a little more flexible. But, you know, since it's basically you and me on, on here, it really comes down to when Chris isn't, you know, Chris get a lot of staff meetings. And, They're and fun. All the fun stuff that goes along with deals with our, our ads people and our marketing. I mean, he, he's, a, it's good stuff. he's a jack of all trades here. But anyway, so I just want to clear that up. I am that busy, man. <laughs> I would love to, love to, love to go to morning matinees or everything. But, that's, uh, that's Carl's very polite way of saying, suck it, Pakovich. <laughs> but anyway, Jason does go on to say, I saw John Carter and thought it was superb, really good stuff. It's a shame it didn't do better at the box office. Yeah, we, agree. we agree. I saw it here in Rochester Hills as a matinee, and at the end, a few of the people even clapped. So I think people were enjoying it. Yeah, it's uh, fun. You know, but with the net hoard and how people sort of like to pile up <laughs> I on love things. That. I love that. But please tell me, Jason, you're going to start a site called Net Hoard. <laughs> net Hoard. In I'm this totally case, without it. seeing it, it seems the somewhat poor approach of the marketing earlier on didn't do the movie any favors to build that positive vibe. And you know what? Absolutely, absolutely right. I think yeah. I think that is the I think that's the key problem there. And um, that the 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 key moment <clears throat> when they when they're done and they're still doing multiple sort of um, uh, dissections of what went wrong will be when they dropped all of Mars from the title. When they panicked because Mars Needs Moms flopped, and they didn't blame, you know, they said, well, it's because it's a Mars movie. No, it was it flopped because it was bad. Nobody yeah. liked it. And it just didn't, like, talk about another movie that really didn't appeal when you saw the trailers. That was like, Ugh. Yeah. Well, that just it looked like dog shit. And then I think <laughs> Matt Fowler actually covered it for us and said it was indeed dog shit <laughs> in fact dog shit has more personality <laughs> Ooh. um but you know i think when they when they go back to it, it they'll look at by taking of mars out of the title it robs it robbed it sort of of an identity and sort of something to help define it yeah um you could have it could have been gary berkowitz of mars <laughs> anything but you needed of mars you know Chris Carl of Mars. Sheldon Lang of Mars. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, he concludes, anyway, keep doing the podcast, and I hope you do some pre-Comic-Con-focused, extra-long podcasts. That is a great idea. Um, yeah. I think heading into Comic-Con, we're definitely going to have a lot of things to talk about. But thanks for e- emailing, Jason. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to say this again. Uh, we, at some point, if the news cycle lets up a little bit, we are going to do just a, an all-reader email podcast in fact we'll we'll plan a little more for that and we'll maybe we'll put up a story on the site and just say you know send us as many inquiries as you want and we'll uh we'll try and get it through as many of them maybe we'll just do a very special uh, yeah we could do an extra one so you know we'll so see. all right guys uh let's jump into the the week in news now some cool stuff on the marvel front uh a japanese trailer for the avengers yes or as I, I, you know, any trailer sounds cooler with Japanese narration yeah. is like, Avengers! Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cool. This guy has to do, like, everything. Like, you know, fried green tomatoes! Like, anything would be better with him, you know? It'd be awesome. Jane Austen Book Club! <laughs> you know? It'd be like, that guy, like, it's like, and the Avengers logo was there. Like, we knew what movie it was, and he's speaking the whole thing in Japanese. And then at the end, Avengers! And I'm like, that's so cool. Yep. But uh, they showed a lot of sweet stuff. They in showed the, a in lot the, of different stuff a lot of stuff that uh hadn't been revealed stateside at all but such as the um 
first look at and what a look at the shield helicarrier. Yeah. And it's basically it's rising out of the water. Yeah. Uh, so that's where they've been hiding that puppy has been <laughs> under the ocean. So that's very cool. And then um, Pepper Potts, Gwyneth Paltrow's character yeah. from Iron Man, is in the movie. Now that when we interviewed her uh, well over a year ago, she said she wasn't, but I'm sure she got a phone call like two weeks ahead of time or something. It was probably like, "Hey, do you want to come in and shoot for day?" Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then uh, one of the more interesting things was uh, we we saw more of the aliens. And including how they came to Earth, which is yeah. through a portal in the sky, which is how Thor came to Earth. So it pretty much, I feel like it kind of almost confirms that these guys are from one of the nine realms. And it kind of ties in at least with why Thor comes to Earth, why Loki is involved, all that sort of thing, the Cosmic Cube. and Because the Cosmic Cube was something that was known to the the beings of the nine realms because um, Odin had it. Right. Right. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting we t- because we're, we've, I think we've talked about this several times, but Tom Hiddleston was like, how do you know they're aliens? <laughs> Not, I think because they come through. Because you probably said so, Tom. <laughs> because they come through a portal in yeah. the universe. See, they're, we consider them aliens. The Asgardians don't consider us the aliens. Yeah. So he was probably just being clever. He was. <laughs> oh, that clever Englishman. He was probably just playing the part of Loki. But yeah, yes, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Maker. Also, you know, more stuff. We saw more stuff of uh, Black Widow. We saw a little bit more of Hawkeye. We yeah, saw... Hawkeye had that cool moment where he's uh, he slides kind of through uh, on the ground past a couple of. Um, aliens and takes them out but somebody i didn't get a chance to read all of it but i did see the headline somebody uh got an archery expert to say avengers footage confirms hawkeye terrible archer (laughs) it's like (laughs) you know i guess worst archer ever (laughs) um yeah and uh colby smulders gets a line yeah yeah she she's turning into the t-dog of the avengers movie (laughs) where they'll allow her one line and then she'll probably get cut off during it good old t-dog yeah um, Iron Man 3, there were some rumors this week that it could be drawing from uh, the extremist storyline, which saw nanobots, uh, kind of like a, a super soldier serum version of nanobots, um, injected into Tony because he's critically ill. So he kind of becomes you know, Iron Man inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I could see them uh, – that would almost kind of carry over from Iron Man 2 where uh, even though they kind of cured it in the end – uh, remember, he was having all the health problems throughout yeah, and everything. Yeah. Um, now, I think that's that's a little borderline kind of hinky if they basically make them all metallic inside. But I think in the comics, Pepper Potts gets really badly injured, and she ends up having something like that done because it's the only way to save her. Mm. Is that she kind of? It's kind of like a Bride of Frankenstein thing where you know you, you now she's like him. Kind right. of thing, and it would give Gwyneth Paltrow something to kind of really do and play this time, yeah. Instead of just being kind of like a, his girl Friday thing, yeah. Other like, oh, you scamp, Tony. <laughs> We're gonna take that voice a lot in this podcast. <laughs> um, let's see other news. Sin City Two might finally film this summer. So saith Robert Rodriguez. Well, you know, it's coming straight from the horse's mouth. Well, he's not a horse, but straight from the director's mouth. Yeah, but, you know, look, he's said it a lot of times in the past. <laughs> he's said many together. things many times. Um, but, you know, he is filming Machete 2 or Machete Kills Yes. Um, uh, this April. So you know, we all know how quick he works. 
Um, so maybe Sin City 2 will finally come together. And he promises that he'll have a cast as eclectic and cool as Machete and the first Sin City had. So um, this actually brings me to another reader email from Peter from Toronto. He's talking about, um, you know, thank, he's thanking us for interviewing Danny Trejo um, on Canadian Real. so... It's very polite. Yes. You know, very He grateful. says he came off funny, sincere, and humble. No Hollywood bullshit persona. In my opinion, best interviewed guest on IGN. Thank well, you. Appreciate that. Awesome. that. Anyway, um, he, he also goes on to say that uh, Treo and Robert Rodriguez are actually second cousins, and they found that what out the on the hell? filming of Desperado. Wow. And for a fun fact, many of Treo's characters in Robert Rodriguez movies are for named after... For a minute after... there, I thought he said that he was second cousins. But... Oh, no, no. Treo <laughs> I know. Um, he says... Uh, he says, uh, many of Treo's characters in the Rodriguez movies have been named after knives or sharp instruments. Machete, um, Spy Kids, um, Razor Eddie uh, oh, from yeah. Dust Till Dawn, Nahavas, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. It means blades in Spanish. Um, and uh, Cuchillo, Cuchillo um, in Predators. God, I'm terrible at Spanish. Anyway, he <laughs> says, keep up the great work, guys. And Just I will, in time for Casa de Mi Padre. Yeah, I will, Carl's I will keep up the good work not learning Spanish. <laughs> um, on some other movie news, the 24 movie looks like it's uh, might be dead again. Um, uh, Fox. <laughs> but <there> was, wait. <laughs> Akira is oh, <laughs> coming back. Uh, budget and scheduling, uh, as always, kind of reared its head. Um, Fox wanted to do the movie, I guess, for like $30 million, and the filmmakers wanted between 45 and 60 They were only offering... It's like very cheap for 24 I mean, even at 45 to 60 that's that's pretty damn cheap. Um, and then they wanted, uh, you know, they, they were only going to give Kiefer like a million dollar salary, but with a bigger piece of the back end. So, and, but also they thought that they wouldn't really be able to film this thing. They were, were going to film this spring. They didn't think they were actually going to be able to do it in time and have them wrap in time to get to the second season of Touch. Uh-huh. So basically it sounds like the 24 movie fell apart again, and Kiefer is reportedly quite pissed about all of it. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know how exactly how well <clears throat> excuse me, Touch is doing, but I don't see that thing going on indefinitely. Yeah. Maybe. It could be one of those series that inexplicably keeps getting picked up, but... Um, Sorry. <coughs> Cough in Spanish. <laughs> El. <coughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, exactly. Anyway, so, like, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, count it out, but he's also getting, getting up there um, in terms of action movies. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he's also in, he's got a lot of different things going on, too. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's. The further away we get from a twenty four movie the 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 more that character kind of recedes into memory you know i mean yeah. homeland has kind of uh replaced twenty four as our you know, kind of war and terror drama that people are hooked on. I like Strike Back for that too, but it's actually like I actually haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good, and and, and it's actually got a lot of action. It's more. What's the like name 24? of the guy in that? Uh, Stonewall Jackson. What's the name of the actor again? Stones. <laughs> uh, Eric Stone. No, that's the guy from Modern Family. Yeah, I can't remember. They're, yeah, he's got a great name, and I don't remember it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we should do a piece on the actors with the coolest names to be like Stonewall him and Jackson and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And then uh, <laughs> there was a guy yesterday in some some TV story. Oh God, what was his name? It was. Uh, Hamish Linklater. Nice. I'm like, 
dude, that's you're going to Cumberbatch that shit. One <laughs> uh, <laughs> one day we'll have Cumberbatch on the podcast, and we'll just keep saying his name. So Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do we have here. Human Centipede three. I just we're just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there. We don't have to talk about it. No, director we, says no. We will we will talk about director it. says this one five hundred people long. <laughs> Okay, I'm done talking Just about imagine it. that, and that's all we needed to say. Um, here's something we can we can discuss. Uh, Warner's is uh, going to do well. They they've picked up and are now developing uh, a movie version of Mandrake the Magician. Now this okay. is the thing that's this is kind of the girl uh, who still can't get a prom date sort of thing. Like it's bounced around uh, to a bunch of different companies at this point, and after. John Carter and after Green Hornet, which did okay, you know, did yeah, okay. That was fine. Uh, the producer said, by the way, on the Green Hornet tip, uh, they're not moving ahead with the sequel because it was too expensive to make the movie. Mm. Um, so no sequel to Green Hornet. Um, not surprising. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think I, I had a, a feeling that that would be kind of a one and done. Yeah, and I liked it for what it was. It was fine. I it's mean, fine. It, yeah. But it, yeah, it doesn't exactly inspire a need for more. Uh, but like Mandrake the Magician, I don't really see. Who's the audience for that? Yeah, I mean, me. couldn't you maybe turn it into a cooler TV series, kind of make it like almost more of an occult show? I mean, I know you've got, you know, some kind of weird boner for Doctor Strange, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> so nothing weird about that boner. That's nothing strange about it. Um, but I'm going to have Sorcerer Supreme written on it. But I don't... But I don't... Like... Man- Mandrake seems like below that, you know, like does not below seem... my Doctor Strange boner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. It just, it just doesn't seem like I don't know magic. Yeah, I mean he's a guy um, with a top a hat and a tuxedo, yeah. and yeah, I don't love it. No, I, I could do without Mandrake. I mean, the, the, am I the only one that actually saw the um, what was it the Sci Fi Channel did the Phantom reboot like last year or something? No, the I didn't TV see thing. That. I saw it. I saw all four god awful hours of it. Um, so no Green Hornet two blah 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 blah. Um, Dark Tower, Dark Tower might be alive, folks. Oh, wow. uh, Warner it's Brothers, alive. Warner Brothers uh, is is negotiating a deal to uh, pick up where uh, Universal had uh, dropped it off. And um, right now, Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, the producer, and Akiva Goldsman, the writer, are all still attached to it. They would do the TV portion of it for HBO. And depending on his schedule, Javier Bardem could still be uh, on board to play the gunslinger. So hopefully, you know, Dark Tower will, will actually finally see the light of day. Yeah, I mean, we were all stoked about that. I, and we've shared the excitement for that thing in the past. And I love the experiment of doing it between the theater and TV. And HBO is a good Oh, I think, I mean, partner you, you have to wonder if Game of Thrones, uh, I, I know it's a completely different thing, but... The idea that like fanboy centric um, material on HBO has become kind of like transcended sort of the fanboy realm. It's become cool to a bunch of people. Um, you know, if that if they don't feel like you know there there's more of an appetite for sort of fanboy friendly fare on HBO, which is which is actually if if there is and if that happens, that bodes really well for maybe some let's say. DC properties that yeah. might be better suited for the small screen, but uh, but like darker fare, not not exactly like some ABC you know family show. I could know? see like a Luke Cage coming to HBO. That would or be kind of cool or something like that. Yeah, you know? I mean Luke Cage would be good. Um, I think um, 
obviously Marvel, but yeah, uh, but like you know, on the on the let's say on the DC front, I'd say probably you could do. You know, it'd be awesome if you actually did a small screen Batman. Yeah, do just ten episodes. You keep it kind of pared down. You know, maybe kind of keep it within the Nolan kind of vibe where it's more realistic, almost like a crime drama, like a late night crime drama. And um, what about doing Supermax on cable? Supermax would be cool, you know, but they're already doing that Green Arrow show. They'd have to come up with a different yeah. hero. Um, yeah, no, I think there's a lot of cool things. Well, we we should actually uh, maybe uh, work out something with the TV guys to do sort of like, you know, five different DC characters that need to be on HBO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, here's here's another great experiment to use your word, Chris. The return to the big screen of the Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, now no. they, they, <laughs> they got their movie in 1987, which really is shit. I, I just saw it again <laughs> recently. I just I Netflixed it. I Netflixed it a few months ago. I'm like, oh my god, this is just horrible. There was something about those characters, even as a child made me want to vomit. I was just I was actually repelled by garbage pail kids. I, when I, was a kid. I, I did not like them disgusting. at all. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody like a ch- and the, the email chain went out about this happening and 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 then somebody called me out like, "Hey, this must be Carl's favorite thing." And I'm like, "You don't know me at all." <laughs> um, let's see. Nathan Fillion uh is going to be Nathan Fillion has Hermes. <laughs> He's going to play Hermes and Percy Jackson and Olympian sequel, The Sea oh. of Monsters. Yeah, that that thing's getting a sequel. That's, That's kind of like okay. So Percy Jackson getting a sequel is like more unlikely, I think, even than Narnia getting sequels. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it did okay, right? It did pretty well. It did okay, but I, I'm not sure if it's you know overseas numbers or home video numbers though so maybe that must have been what put it over the top <laughs> i went to that movie like, every time my parents come to visit we end up going to at least one movie and we went we went out as a family to that movie and, and my my dad was like this this is the worst movie i've ever seen <laughs> and I'm like that's that's yeah, a hell of a that's what we're talking about um only bad movies here today huh? <laughs> um why the last man the uh comic book series has been bouncing around Hollywood for a while. A lot of different people have tried to crack it. Uh, now New Line Cinema has tapped uh, a pair of writers from The Human Target. Um, that late, great show, uh, and I'm not being facetious, I actually liked it, Matthew uh, Fetterman and Stephen Skaya uh, to write a draft for Why the Last Man. So let's let's hope these are the guys that can finally... Bring this, uh, make this one happen. I was reading on the comments that that uh, it should be a TV show, and you know, going back to the HBO conversation, it should be a TV show done on yeah. cable. You know who really Goldman was telling me this? Eric Goldman, our TV editor, that Zachary uh, Levy from uh, Chuck is it Levy Levi? Yeah, Levy? Um, uh, see, I can spell everyone's names, but I, I don't often <laughs> have to say it. them. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he wants to play uh, the main character. Which he looks kind of like Shia, Shia LaBeouf. I think at, way back when was uh, attached oh, to it. Man, no. But I don't see that happening now. But yeah, what, I don't what do you think? Like Jesse Eisenberg or somebody? Well, no, I actually could see Zachary Levi or Levy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I've caught your. Now say it in Spanish. 
Same, same, <laughs> same words. Um, Avengers. That's all. <laughs> It'll be my new tagline for Megatron. Um, GI Joe. We got our first um, new photo today of Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. And no lips this time. No mouth on Snake Eyes. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. I think that that's, is that's a good, a good development. I think I think we're all just happy that Snake Eyes kind of looks a little more like Snake Eyes. He looked close the last time, but uh, this time, more like him. But how is Snake Eyes going to make out? Well, <laughs> he'll find a way. Well. Um, here's, okay, King Arthur. Remember <laughs> that movie, Arthur and Lancelot, they had put on the back burner? Yes. Well, it's coming back, and this time with Colin Farrell as King Arthur. I like Colin Farrell. Uh, I think he's a guy that actually should get an HBO or Showtime series, yep. kind of like the way like Don Cheadle got um, um, House of Lies. Mm-hmm. I think Colin Farrell's best when he plays um, sort of uh, a, a slightly unhinged guy. Or slightly slimy guy. Yeah, like he needs he needs to play a darker character. Like I liked him in Horrible Bosses. I liked no. him in, in Bruges a lot, too. Yeah, He's not very, yeah. not as unhinged. I mean, and, and this is a, a obviously a, a very divisive thing, but I liked him as Bullseye. I know that he was a lot of people's least favorite part of it, but I thought, you know, considering he had done a couple of more kind of wooden-type characters in that time, like, I didn't think his character in Minority Report was particularly interesting or Hearts War or things like that. I thought he was just, good in Daredevil. I just thought Ben Affleck wasn't anything to look yeah. at. But I think, you know, um, Colin Farrell's King Arthur, I don't know if I quite buy it, and I don't understand why they're so hell-bent on doing another King Arthur movie. Uh, it's from I? director David Yopkin, who is a comedy director. I don't, get, I, I don't believe that they're going the comedic route with this, which would be really stupid considering Your Highness flopped. Yeah. Um, but do we really need another King Arthur movie? Uh, Eric Morrow, if he still worked here, would say yes, because he was a big <laughs> Arthurian lore kind of a uh, fan. I think no, though. I mean, unless you're going to do something different with it, then no. I think we've seen enough of him. And also, there's good versions of the the, the Camelot yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had, in the last few years, we had <clears throat> the Clive Owen King Arthur movie, mm-hmm. which took that kind of realistic approach. Then uh, Stars had the Camelot series, which lasted all of one season. Wasn't good. Uh, I mean, uh, there was the Merlin TV series, right, too? I think that's still going, actually. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, how many different Arthurian things do we really need at one time? Yeah. Not that many. Not that many. Uh, okay. I want to run down a bunch of release dates real quick. Piranha 3D finally gets a release date coming out June 1st, Woo! 2012. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new live-action movie that Jonathan Liebesman, uh, director of Battle LA, is going to make. That's coming out Christmas Day, 2013. That's cool. Uh, World War Z. Has been pushed from its original December 2012 uh, release date to June 21st, 2013. It'll go head-to-head with Pixar's Monsters University. It's a prequel to Monsters, Inc. It's interesting because if uh, Walking Dead follows the same cycle, you know, Walking Dead's final episodes this week, um, ending in March... Then World War Z is going to come out a couple couple months later, right as you're starting to crave some zombie action. Exactly. Again. You need to eat some brains here. <laughs> Here's World War Z. But maybe, you know, <clears throat> I can't think of uh, any horror movies that did open up at Christmas time. No, that's a weird. I mean, I wonder if they didn't look at something like Dragon Tattoo coming out at Christmas and only doing okay. Uh, if, yeah. if they're like, look, this thing, it's about zombies. Let's just make it a summer movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's let's just market it as something that, you know, I mean, 
I can see when you that. go to the movies at Christmas time, do you really want to see uh, zombies? Well, I do, but <laughs> maybe different than probably most of America. Um, I think, uh, you know, that's a movie that could come out in the March frame, you know, yeah. I, or April even, March or April. I feel like that road up to uh, summer release is is getting really, really yeah. lucrative. I mean, especially this year. You've got Lorax this month. John Carter. John Carter would have, <laughs> you know, if that would have done well. I mean, Hunger Games. Hunger Games is going to And In fact, you know, Chris huge. Carter, you just gave me a segue. Segue! Hunger Games is tracking bigger than Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. Um, Hunger Games, <clears throat> by some estimates, could make up to $120 million or more. Uh, now, the record Opening was weekend, you mean. Opening weekend. Breaking Dawn uh, made $138.1 million on its opening weekend. Um, what do you think? Could Hunger Games make, say, $140 million? <laughs> I was just thinking about like how now Lionsgate, <laughs> Lionsgate <laughs> has both of those properties. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think it'll make right around... I think it'll make right between 120 and 130. Yeah, yeah. I think the the predictions will be accurate. I don't think it'll go much above that. But uh, there are a lot of people in the world reading that book. A lot of people I mean, every it's, week. It's, I mean, uh, awareness level for that movie probably couldn't be higher. If you go into say Barnes and Nobles, they have you know Hunger Games uh, displays all over the place. You know, hawking the movie stuff, hawking the book. Um, yeah. Do you know? Are they are they doing a video game of that too? Uh, they are doing a wireless uh, an I- iPhone game for it. Um, really? Yeah. So huh. it's, uh, they're, I, they're tying it in that way. But I guess I'll play that then I, on I, my new iPhone. I think, I, I think honestly, it's got to be like a training game or something like that because you couldn't actually make a video game of that where you're like out there, kids killing kids. I, think, I, don't, I just don't think that would play anywhere. I don't think it's legal either. Yeah, it's probably not even legal. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, one last news item. We've actually done a pretty good job plowing through the news here. Um, you know, <clears throat> the new directors of uh, the next vacation movie, which is sort of a quasi sequel slash reboot, they want Chevy Chase back as Clark Griswold. I think that's a good idea. I, I, I wouldn't want to see, um, you know, it's, this one is going to follow uh, the adult Rusty Griswold, the character right. played in the original by Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Johnny Galecki from Big Bang Theory actually played him in, wasn't it, Christmas Vacation? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, you know, kind of a big, bigger deal now. Maybe he could come back and play him. But I know that they had talked about um, Ed Helms at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I th- think is actually pretty good. I think that's the most recent, you know, that's the most yeah. recent sort of rumors that's going to be Ed Helms. So I don't mind that. Don't but mind he would be all. rusty to, you know, bring back Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, which I think would be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I, I mean, definitely in smaller roles, but it's kind of like, you know, Rusty wants to bring his uh, his kids out on vacation. And wouldn't you know, the shit just hits the fan. Um, <laughs> one other thing, Bill and Ted 3, uh, they've got, a, sequ- uh, they've got a, a script together for it. And uh, it looks like it might actually happen. Um, Keanu and Alex Winter have been talking it up. So. <laughs> That's so weird. Like, I mean, h- how do you feel about that w- when they bring back stuff from the 80s and make a sequel to it years later? We've, we've seen that now um, a few times the last couple of years between whether, you know, Tron or Wall Street or um, what's uh, Rocky, uh, yeah, Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Balboa uh, Rambo. Rambo. Um, you know, I mean, 
uh, Die Hard is the gift that keeps on giving. And that, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, certain franchises that just don't yeah, ever die. But you know, how do you how do you feel? Like, is it is there still enough of an audience for a Bill, a Bill and Ted? A middle-aged Bill and Ted movie. I think that'd be funny. Keanu Reeves is going to be like 50 years old or something this year. I, think. I, I personally think it would actually be pretty good for Keanu Reeves' career to do that, um, to go in the direction of actually trying out comedy again. Um, yeah, yeah. Because he, that's pretty much it. After he's, that movie, he's been he doing pretty, you know, serious or, you know, a lot of sci-fi kind of fare. Um, although he wasn't, uh, what was the movie... Where he was like making out with Diane Keaton, and was that the oh, one with yeah. him and Jack? It's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, that no, was like no, a no. Running... It's complicated. Isn't that the one with? Uh, no, that's the one with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin. Was it the? Um, it's one of those ones where it's get those generic it's titles. Terrible to it. names like something's got to give. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it something's got to give? It might be. Maybe it was the yeah. It was him and Diane Keaton, and he was like her doctor. I, I... think that was the closest he's come to comedy. Yeah, he's got, you know what movie I've it, seen both of those movies. Yeah, <laughs> I have too. Um, you know, he's uh, Keanu's got actually a very interesting sounding movie coming up that we haven't really seen much from. It's called Forty Seven Ronin, oh, and it's yes. this kind of like sci-fi fantasy um, samurai movie. Um, and the guy who directed it, I think his name is Carl uh, Rinch or Rinks. Um, he's kind of like Ridley Scott's son-in-law in a way, or at least you know, he, like he was. <laughs> He's been with his daughter or something for a while, and he's a commercials director and stuff, and he's done some notable sort of um, sci-fi-tinged uh, commercials and stuff, um, and it looks like it's going to have a very interesting kind of vibe to it from what we're hearing, so that's one to kind of keep on your radar. I, I believe it's coming out later this year, and and maybe around WonderCon, maybe we'll finally start seeing kind of more yeah. of a push for it. But, yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's dive into what's coming out uh, this week. This week we have 21 Jump Street, which is hilarious. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and our reviewers liked it, too. Um, Casa de Mi Padre with Will Ferrell. And uh, last week's guest, Efren Ramirez. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I, I liked it. Uh, I can't say I loved it, but I liked it. It's a good little cult movie. If you like, if you like Will Ferrell's kind of brand of comedy and you like spoofs um you'll like this yes but it's it is it's a cult movie it will always be that it's not going to be anything right. really more than that and then we also have a dramedy uh kind of an indie style dramedy jeff who lives at home with ed helms and jason siegel and susan sarandon it's not by the guy who directed cyrus yeah, yeah. Uh, i think they're brothers so just last brothers it's a good yeah movie. Um, oh, right, right. And then the FP, which is on demand as well. And that's you, – you've described it, Chris, as Dance Dance Revolution meets the Warriors. Rogue or Warrior. Or, Rogue or, War. the, or the Warriors is yeah. probably actually more accurate. It's kind of like a, a post-apocalyptic dance-off uh, battle movie. <laughs> yeah. Like gang warfare, but they fight and dance. And it's a comedy. It's not taking itself seriously. So. At all. Yeah, and we, we actually debuted the Red Band trailer. For yeah, that. we have that on the site somewhere, so check it out. And then, uh, let's see, what else is coming out this week? I cannot read my own writing. Oh, Detachment. And then Seeking Justice. With Nicholas Seeking Cage. Justice. Uh, we have a clip from that on the site. Um, 21 Jump Street, getting a lot of good buzz. Do you think if this movie um, is successful that it will sort of help remove some of the stigma that's been around these kind of like TV to film adaptations in the last few years? 
Yeah, I mean, it could. I, or I, is it just going to be considered sort I of an anomaly? Honestly, it yeah. is all about quality. You know, like if 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 you're just relying so heavily on you know the audience from a TV show to sell your movie. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when you make a licensed video game off of a movie, like. You, and so many of those get phoned in and are crap, and you don't want you don't want to play those games. You know, it's just honestly like, ugh. so yeah. it, as long as there's quality there, I think people will will dig it. Plus, I think the audience that's going to be going to see this isn't the audience that really watched Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, I don't think they have any idea what it is. Um, they have no set of expectations for it, uh, except for maybe lower ones because they're also probably some of the same crowd. They're like, I'm sick of Jonah Hill. Yeah. I hate Channing Tatum. And then it turns out that they're really you know, funny together. Channing Tatum is actually hilarious in the movie. He is kind of like – he's at kind of that stage where like Keanu was probably at with Bill and Ted where he's the – you know the pretty boy actor who isn't considered too bright by people, even though I've met him and he's not—he's not a dummy. No, um, he's not at all. You know, but he plays kind of the the slightly sort of dim-witted guy. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, he's he's kind of at an interesting point in his career. Uh, he's got GI Joe two coming up. Um, I liked The Eagle, that movie he did last year. Yeah. I, I know one of the few people who probably saw it and Focus, did like it. Focus movie. But uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. And, and you know, yeah, give him kudos for trying to do something a little different with that. Well, he's he's got two tracks, right? He's got the action star track, and then he's got the romantic comedy track. And, and uh, he's also got the not romantic chick comedy, but more track. like the I mean, romantic the, the, track. The Vow was a huge hit. Yeah. So. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, So there's that romantic track, and then there's the like other one. Look, he can he can... He, he's actually carved out a, a, a kind of a good uh, thing going here where he can do either um, – he can fall back on the chick flick if if he's hurting commercially. And then if he's too overexposed with that, throw a gun in his hand and have him play a punk or a soldier. <laughs> exactly. I mean this guy has spent more time in uniform than – you know, most U.S. presidents have. You know, so I, f- I feel like he's, uh, I feel like he's like Mark Wahlberg 2.0 to some ex- extent. <laughs> Only he's a little beefier and he's a little bit more castable in things. And like he's a little straight up um, romances. This this might seem an odd word to use, but he's a little sweeter or yeah. a little more affable than yeah. Wahlberg. Always had kind of an aloofness to him. Or yeah, or like that that sort of bad boy street mentality or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, like me. Like yeah, exactly like, like Jim Vavita. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's take some uh, guesstimates here. Let's twenty-one Jump Street. I think will be number one. Hmm. I'm going to say with uh, twenty twenty-six million. Okay. And uh, then I'm going to say Lorax number two with twenty-two. Then I think. Um, then I'm going to say John Carter. Yeah, I'm going to say John Carter. I'm going to say 16 million. I think it'll drop half, but I think there's still some bit of curiosity factor there. I damn, I don't actually have theater counts for Casa de Mi Padre or I, Jeff who lives at home. But I, I honestly or, don't think either one of I, those are going to crack the top five. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, Jeff who lives at home, I'm pretty certain is a limited release. Casa de Mi Padre, I think, is probably only about. Maybe a thousand screens. I, I might be wrong there. And Seeking Justice, I'm not sure how many screens that's on. But I think um, I think you know Project X's audience is, is obviously going to get cut into by 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Um, Lorax, you know, I, I don't know. Like a third weekend in, are all the kids who've wanted to see it seen it by now? Does it have enough kind of repeat viewing factor that 
to warrant, you know, keep going strong? I don't know. I think so. And here's here's my prediction. And it may be bold. I think Lorax is going to finish number one. Uh-huh. Uh, 24 million. And I think 21 Jump Street. I think 21 Jump Street would have finished a lot stronger if it wasn't R-rated. I mean, I, True. I, I think the R-rated True. factor is, is strong. But I think it's going to come in right after at 23 million. And then I believe John Carter is going to do a little bit better than you do at 20 million. So the box office gets spread around. Okay. Uh, what do you think is the worst case scenario for John Carter? Drops to, down to like number five or number six, and yeah, I think like five million. is probably the worst. But I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's enough people that like the movie that are telling their friends about it. Yeah. And the week, the the day to day numbers are kind of strong for it. And also overseas, again, like uh, I think this this weekend is going to be um, the real indicator as to. In the long run, what, what sort of obit will be written for this movie? There was a lot of knee-jerk sort of, it's a belly flop, it's dead, it's a $150 million write-down. It, it might not be as bad as that. It will definitely be a loss yeah. um, domestically, but it... it you know, some analysts think now it could only be a $50 million write-down, which, you know, not yeah. great, but it's not quite the uh, heaven's gate that they were making it out to sound like, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing you have to factor in, you know, you've got the, the studio estimate for budget or whatever, and then, you, and then you've got the marketing costs, which you know. Yeah, really and they didn't have for. any, and they didn't have any um, partners, like, you know, sometimes you can, uh, you know, studios will but, uh, partner on these big budget movies and sort of essentially split the risk. And this was all Disney all in on this one, so it's it's not like they can lay it off on like some foreign investors or anything like that. What's what's an interesting question and something maybe we should talk about for a second is is Disney done making risks like this now? Like I think so. You know, like they 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 tried out Prince of Persia that didn't work out. They tried Tron. John Carter it didn't work out. Tron didn't work out. Now they've got some really solid, you know, go-to franchises with Marvel. So that stuff well, can be where they're exploring the genre. When they brought in uh, the new studio boss over there a couple of years ago, the mandate was going to be we're, we're scaling back on the number of movies we make. In fact, they've only got one movie greenlit, like, being made right now, and it's Lone Ranger, which yeah. is another, like, $215 million movie. Um who knows what we'll be talking about this time next year, but at least it has Johnny Depp in it. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I saw, just to uh, digress here for one second, um, the trailer for Dark Shadows came out this week. I saw a rough version of it on YouTube. It it, it debuted on the Ellen Show, which is really strange. It's kind of <laughs> like when Time.com debuted the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter trailer. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess you're trying to go for a broader audience, but really? Um, but it looks very wacky and a 70s vampire, uh, very kitschy movie from him and Burton. Okay, back to Disney. I kind of like that idea as long as it doesn't go too far, you know? The Dark Shadows? Yeah. Thing? Yeah, I mean, I thought the trailer was okay. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the movie. Uh, at least it, we're finally seeing some marketing for it, finally. I feel yeah. like they're, they're really waiting to pretty close... To the release date for that one, but anyways, the the new Disney boss came in a couple of years ago, and the mandate was, we're going to do less movies, and we're just going to focus our our live action fare on big budget branded tent poles. Tent pole releases are like things like a John Carter or the Avengers, um, you know, the the event movies. Right. Uh, well, as you pointed out, Chris, they've done that now a couple of years, and. It didn't really work out quite to the quite in their favor. I mean, Prince of Persia and Tron did 
like John Carter did better overseas than they did domestically, but they're perceived domestically, and I guess that's ultimately the the one that wins out um, as disappointments. Here is another question I have. Do you think Disney marketing is it just has hit a special note in those regions, or do you think these movies inherently just appeal to different areas of the world? I, think, more? I mean, look, if you're in um, parts of Russia or Asia or, you know, uh, other parts of the world, maybe parts of Europe, um, big escapist fair, things where you're not really going to, you know, be streaming stuff online or I'll wait till it's on Blu-ray kind of things. Um, you know, a big event movie with spectacle and fun, something where you're not going to have to worry about, do I understand the dialogue? Yeah. You know, that, that translates and it looks fun. And yeah, you, it, it's the, the love and the power of movies um, you know, where you're like, okay, you're some kid in middle of, you know, Singapore or something. I don't know. I'm just playing a country out of my ass. And you want to go to the movies, you know, why wouldn't you want to go see this big sci-fi 3D spectacle? I mean, it, if I were a little kid overseas, I'd love that shit. I couldn't wait to see that. <laughs> if I were a little kid here. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And also, you, you know, the piracy thing is also kind of a kind of an interesting point. Because there is a lot of sort of piracy that originates from um, Russia and you know Eastern former Eastern Bloc countries and stuff like that, um, and and perhaps it's more rampant than it is even here. Yeah. Um, and certainly, like you can't pirate a 3D big bombastic movie experience and have it yeah. make you feel the same way as if you go see something in the theater right, like, with right. that much flash. Yeah. So I think that you're right. That might be a factor as well. I mean, I, I feel like there's. Um... And also, I mean, it, you know, there's, there's maybe, maybe audiences overseas aren't as picky and they're not maybe as, as sort of hip to all the, you know, uh, I'm not sure how their media covers entertainment in those parts of the world. Maybe it's not as droned on and on about like in the Western media where, you know, mainstream outlets were probably talking about John Carter a few weeks ago, like Disney's big gamble. You know, I, I don't think if you're in in Russia, you're going to probably see a news story like. I think they had other things to talk about over there. Yeah, I don't know. I, also, I think the news capitalist mouse falling on sword for John Carter. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. I'm I talking. don't. I don't. I don't think that exists anymore. But I do think. I do think there is that. There's that thing where whenever I'm in like Europe or you know a different part of the world, there's a big, much bigger focus on like actual world affairs i feel like on television and it's not so like what they're not worrying about who's who's marrying who yeah here we're so focused on they are a little bit like that i I feel like they're fleet street tabloids of kind of uh they have that culture sure but if you turn on the news that we do if yeah if you turn on the news and there's you know an an avalanche somewhere you're going to read that as the top if news there's story. a labor crisis or something like that they'll actually do reporting on it and and in-depth analysis whereas yeah. over here it's just like you know it'll turn into a, a shit throwing fest especially something. in la la news is is about the biggest joke ever because oh, it always leads with personality pieces Lindsay always, lowen yeah it's, it always always it's like watching extra but you're actually watching the local news yeah no, so it's, it it's 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 really surreal and and you know from like i know you grew up in boston obviously i grew up in the midwest and you know it's uh it's it's definitely different out here oh god yeah way different yeah when when uh it was actually noteworthy back home when you would watch the news 
and the anchor had a tan, like, hey, they've been on vacation. In L.A., it's just your complexion now because (laughs) you're always getting tanned. You know, it's like, in fact, if you were pale, if you were if you were an anchor on TV and you looked wan, you know, it'd be like, have you been sick? Have you been indoors a lot? You need to get out. GTL, baby. Yeah. So uh, that's a Jersey Shore reference. It and is. it is Jersey. It is Jersey. And you know what? It might be last Jersey. I am so sick of that damn show now. Know. And, you know, I was hooked on it for a couple of seasons. It was my guilty pleasure. Like, my girlfriend likes... Uh, I don't know if she likes them, but she watches those Real Housewives shows. Right, right. And so, which means I, by extension, have to sit through some of them. <laughs> and I'm like, these I people are worse. Them. They're worse than any of the Jersey Shore people. They, oh, yeah. Because the Jersey Shore people, I think, they're just dumb and want to have fun. Yeah. You know? These people are just, they're Real Housewives people. They're evil. Yeah. They're, they're just despicable human there beings. Are some, there are some pretty... Horrible, horrible human beings on reality it's TV just, these days. It's just so awful. But um, all right, folks. Well, that'll about do us. <coughs> do us. <laughs> yeah. Well, just I can never end a friggin' podcast you without putting it. my foot in my mouth. Can't do it. All right, folks. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Give us a shout out over there. Um, we're going to be at WonderCon this weekend in Anaheim. It used to be in San Francisco, but this year they're going to do it down in, in Disney country. Uh, we're going to uh, be bringing you updates from there, including some pretty sweet video exclusives. Uh, but showcased at WonderCon this year will be Amazing Spider-Man, um, Resident Evil Retribution, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and one that I'm really psyched for, Prometheus. Those are just some of the movies that are going to be there. Battleship. Battleship, Snow White and the Huntsman, Looper. Uh, 21 Jump Street is actually going to be there. It's it's opening day, but uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are doing a little uh, event down there for it. Um, and then, you know, lots of cool TV stuff, Fringe and uh, Community. And then, of course, a lot of cool comic stuff like Avengers versus X-Men is going to be a big deal. And then before Watchmen. So if you live in Southern California or you're coming out here for WonderCon, maybe we'll see you at the show. Uh, if not, keep on uh, reading IGN, and we'll catch you all next time. Thank you.